welcome back to the seventh episode. Number the- seven. <laughs> Sorry. Circle the Drain <laughs> podcast with your hosts, Adam, Ryan, and Jared. And today, we made it to the seventh we made episode. It to episode seven. If you made it this far with us, do we want to explain it now? I think we should. Okay. So, at like episode two or something, really early when we started the podcast, my wonderful father, Jared, uh, happened you, across <laughs> a statistic. That was a beautiful moment. Yeah. yeah. That, nice. that just happened. Uh, a statistic that stated that most podcasts, or 80% of 80%. podcasts, will fail by episode seven. Yep. So they'll come out with seven episodes, seven to zero, ep- seven to one episodes. Right. 80% of podcasts will not go beyond that. So we made it to seven. Which means? Which means you guys will be waiting another week to see if we make it to eight. And if we do? We are in the top 20% of podcasts. <laughs> easily. Yeah. All time. Of no, all. Not by viewership, but by amount of episodes. It's yeah. the principle of but, we mean, are in the top 20%. Yeah, consistency, I mean, mathematically, really, we'll, we'll, we'll be there. As far as goals speaking, go, yeah, that's big. That is big. I'm expecting a cake. Yeah. You hear that, Bob? Make okay. <laughs> <laughs> me a cake, Bob. <laughs> Bob made us breakfast burritos before That's, this episode. So. What? No, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, and they were stinking delicious. Oh, they were great. Man, not only were they good, I think we should offer a challenge. Yeah. If you think, listeners, if you think... That you have a better breakfast burrito or breakfast, breakfast. at all. Yeah. I challenge you to cook for us. Feed us Please. and prove to us that Bob's breakfast is not as good as yours. Yeah. So here's the here's the challenge. So we will personally come to your house. We you will get the privilege of having us record an episode in your house. Yes. But the, the stipulation is you have to make us breakfast. Correct. Any time of the day or night. Yes. Any. And it doesn't have to. Yeah. 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 We'll just, figure it out. Yeah. yeah. Reach out to us. We'll figure out the time. Maybe just comment. Know. Yeah. 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 And, or, uh, yeah. Yeah. But seriously, if you if you think you're up to the challenge, yeah. let us know. Yeah. We're always happy to eat. Because a lot of people think a lot of people think that they make like the best breakfast. Yeah. And, and I mean, a lot of home cooked meals like that are just you know. A lot of the times, I think it's really based on circumstance. Like, a lot of the cooking I've had on campouts is fantastic, but I know if I ate it at home, I would be hurling. Well, sure, because you're starving. Because you're starving. Right. You know, sometimes you're in that mood, you're just like, man. Or just the fact that somebody else is cooking for you, sometimes that makes it better. So, again, challenge. If you think you got better breakfast, let us know. Yeah, absolutely. We would be happy to let you host us. (laughs) <laughs> eat your food and, and we then, are inviting ourselves tell you if it's your trash if, it's, if it is trash <laughs> if it's trash we're recording the episode after we eat right so if it's trash we're gonna tell the world how yep. trash that uh, you're cooking yeah, is correct honest one to ten scale yeah. you're gonna get a rating it's yeah. gonna be brutally honest right and bob's gonna be with us so yeah um <laughs> he'll, he'll know firsthand if his breakfast burrito stands yeah. up right and i bet it will that's a challenge People don't have the, the stones to, to, to do this challenge. No, I don't think they will. I dare anybody. Yeah, please. Because honestly, saying this right now, I do not expect to ever go to somebody's house and eat breakfast. <laughs> so if that actually please. happens, I will be stoked. Okay. We dare you. Comment on this episode. Yes. 
or comment on one of our Instagram posts Absolutely. at Circle the Drain on Instagram. You like that plug there, Jared? Um, well done. Thank you. Um, so today we have no guest. We are guestless once again. Yeah. The original three remain. Three <laughs> remain. We actually. So Tom was on last week. Um, that was a great episode. Go back and listen to that if you haven't already. But um, we thought it'd just be good to go guest list, just the boys, the boys only. Yep. Um, what do you want to talk about tonight? Well, I was thinking about, um, you know, don't ask me why I was thinking about this. <laughs> <laughs> but I was thinking about villains. I and love, I love villains. If you were to ask me why I was thinking about it, it's because we talked about it in the pre-meeting. But villains, if you, so there are some great villains, even like cartoon villains. Okay. Um, but if you were a supervillain, okay. what would you look like? What would your lair look like? Where would you stay? Wow. What would your um, henchmen, sidemen, what yeah, would they wear? What, what would they look goal? like? What would you know, your goal be? Foot soldiers. Foot soldiers. That Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? I think so. I, I don't know. Um, maybe. Maybe. Fact check us. Ha, yeah. It is now. <laughs> it is. While we're here, it is. <laughs> um, so, yeah, who wants to go first and share their question. Um, villain I'll, story? I'll start us off. Too right. Yeah. So, I love thinking about just super world, superpowers, you name it. <laughs> but if I was a villain, first of all, if I'm a villain, I am going to be brutal. You know, so or, your brutality numbers are going to oh, be off the chart. Oh my gosh. Like I think that is what makes like something like that would drive a hero to want to stop a villain, you know? And that's what I think is interesting about a villain. And maybe they have a cause behind it. Maybe they're just like completely separated from the world and they don't even understand why it's bad. They're just doing it for some other purpose that maybe the heroes don't understand. Anyway, if I was a villain, I am probably going to be in like some crazy, like spiky shredder style armor. Okay. You know, very imposing, very intimidating, you know, tall. That's that's what I imagine, you know. Who would you liken your character to, though, from actual cartoon villains? Like Lycan? Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, like a, and a like character. Correct. Actual existing. Probably Shredder. Okay. That's, that's what came to mind because you were talking about Foot Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Either that, if not that. Something totally goofy. Well, I've raised you to love kung fu movies. Oh my gosh! So this this checks out. Kung Fu Panda, the villains of Kung Fu Panda are some of the. Funniest. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, what's the what's the guy's name? <laughs> yeah, I forgot. <laughs> I can't comment. He get he gets put it in the comments at the end of the movie. Skadoosh. and we never hear from him again. Oh, what's his name? Hold on, I'm looking it up. I need to know. Kung Fu Panda villain. First, first of all, kung fu movies are. Like, can we all agree? Oh my gosh! Oh yeah, I could do a whole. Episode. Tai Lung, Tai Lung, Tai Lung is the little uh, what a leopard. Well, that, well, that is that is in the second one though, right? Is or it is he in the first? He's one? in the first. He's in the first, one. In the first oh, one. Yeah, the second one is the peacock. Oh, isn't this oh, the? Yeah. This is, I mean, he just looks sick. Yeah. Sorry. No, go he, for I it. I mean, Kung Fu Panda is just a great movie. Sorry. Jack Black does a nice job. Oh, with yeah. he does. Voice too. Mm-hmm. Jack Black. So you're going, 
you're going to go it, it, polar opposites, either super serious or super okay. goofy. Okay. You know, and goofy in the way of like the way of hindering the heroes. Okay. You know, I'm talking about like releasing a ooze across the entire city. And so everyone has like sticky shues and can't walk wow. like that kind of evil. That doesn't that doesn't really check out for the brutality mark that you gave. I know. I'm, I'm yeah. saying I'm saying either or. OK, you know, okay either okay. that yeah, or, or, you know, I'm yes. trying to, right. you know, take over an entire well, population and just be and, diabolical. Yeah. Wow. OK. Mm-hmm. All right. What do you think? Do you want me to, um, so here's my my thought. I would live in a normal looking house. Okay. But you it would be like a secret like you'd have to pull a like a chair out right like to get into the secret layer. Okay. But it'd be under the um facade of a normal looking house. In a normal looking chair. In a normal looking chair. There's a single chair in the house. There's nothing else but a chair. <laughs> <laughs> no the, the chair yeah, I, I, I know, I know, I know. Furnished God. like a normal house. Right. But one chair. If yeah. you move it right. I never even really talked about what I would want. Oh, yeah, I guess. I, go ahead. Go ahead. Let's hear. Hmm. Okay, you don't even know. Yeah, no, I th- I'm thinking like some type of crazy like flying ship. Yeah, that's way That's just this house. massive fortress, like a flying fortress. Okay. Like the helix or something like that from what they, that, that huge flying thing from like Justice Squad or something or what, what are you talking sure? about? Sure. <laughs> I, I I'm not too familiar with that. Okay, I don't know either. Maybe okay. I made that up. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> you could be yeah. completely making it up, but I have no idea. Okay. So I would be a normal normal looking guy. Right. I'd walk around normal clothes, normal shoes. Okay. Just completely normal looking. But I would have the I would have powers. Did anybody hear that noise? Sorry. That was probably my fault. <laughs> what <laughs> I don't know. That was just that was just funny. Um, I would be completely normal looking, but I would have incredible powers. But we can't talk about powers. But we can't talk about powers. That's that's a that's separate thing. Stay tuned for the powers <laughs> discussion. We don't know when it's coming. Yeah, but it's coming. Okay. So, but who is your bad guy going to be? Like built off of. Anybody, anybody from from Cartoon Land that that you would think are you more like? No, this is my own thing. Okay, so you're doing something completely, completely different. new. I mean, there could be somebody that does that. I right, mean, I'm sure there is. Um, yeah, but this guy's gonna be gonna be completely new. Okay, but your claim to fame is is that you're going to be able to move freely through everyday life. Yep, and nobody's gonna know. To nobody knows, and I'll I'll be doing things like. Doing evil things, villainous things, but they won't be able to pin me. When you say it like that, it just doesn't sell it. I'm going to be doing okay. evil things. Well, yeah. Villainous things. You, villainous you. things. <laughs> <laughs> I say to myself, I don't believe well, it. Well, you won't be saying that when I start doing those villainous things. <laughs> well, I certainly wouldn't When know. I figure out what I'm doing. <laughs> once, I, once I figure out my plan. <laughs> All of a sudden, Ryan's vector from yeah. like... <laughs> yeah, That's, okay, the second Somebody, you said normal house, I immediately thought of Despicable Me. A junior higher at... Oh, I guess that's where it is. That's where it's from. From Despicable Me. Okay. A normal house with it. Yeah. Okay. But at 
refuge. Yeah. Our junior, I had a junior high girl tell me, I, did, I got glasses, and I had a junior high girl tell me that I looked like Vector in my glasses. <laughs> but you don't look anything like <laughs> it. I, I mean, I kind of, the glasses are like the square, like similar kind of, but I don't, come on. No, you're not. It's like some little door. makes you look no. very scholarly. Thank you. I appreciate Vector that. Vector was scholarly. <laughs> Vector. He wasn't? Vector. <laughs> uh, maybe. But I just thought that oh, was odd that somebody. Bill Gates. Wow. And Bill Gates is a bad guy. Bill Gates is a bad guy. <laughs> He's the villain of He's real Victor. life. <laughs> He's we a real figured life it out. <laughs> no. Um, so, okay. there's mine. There's yours. Okay, great. Man, Phil, I see. I, I've got a real soft spot for villains. I mm-hmm. think I think they're some of the most fun characters. You know, um, they're obviously the most affected. So, that's that's cool. You know, when I was a kid, I was horrified of Gargamel from from uh, the Smurfs. Oh yeah, he was a creepy dude. Um, also, I guess growing up. Gia Joe's really big. So Destro and, you know, Cobra Commander and those guys were, you know, they were some scary mothers. I mean, you, you couldn't get much worse than than those bad guys. But I think I'm with you. I'd like to do my own thing, too. Mm-hmm. If, I'm, if I'm a villain, man, I think I like your idea of being able to move around in plain sight. Yeah. And have nobody know mm-hmm. just how bad. Like, what kind of secret world that, you know, you've got going on. Yep. And so that's pretty cool. I hate to steal yours, but that's a good one. To live that everyday life and to, and then to, you know, to go home and just, like, twist your mustache and how you're going <laughs> to wreak havoc. Do more villainous things. <laughs> do villain- <laughs> oh, I'm going to do some Oh, I'm going to do something yeah. villainous. Wait until I turn my evil <laughs> switch on. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, I... I guess that would be. I really do like Ryan's. I think I'm going to steal yours. Mm-hmm. But as far as a layer goes, I don't know. I've always wanted like some secret bunker. Like you go out to your shed and yeah. you pull a, a latch and you lift up a whatever. <laughs> then there's a hatch that opens up yep. and you climb into it and you take a, you know, an old trolley cart that drives you deep into the layers of wherever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that or. I think an underwater, like massive submarine base. Hmm. That would that's be it. That's sweet. it's so remote and unreachable. Right. I feel like it, that's what makes that kind of like valuable. I wanted to bring this up because okay. after you said flip your evil switch on. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, I'm a very big nerd in the terms like I play Dungeons and Dragons. Right. Into these role playing TTRPGs. TTRPGs. Um, what yeah, is that? Tabletop role playing games. Thank you. Mm, wow. Sorry. I have a couple friends. We're getting a group together to play this game that is superhero-based. And so we have all our characters, and one of my friends has a character who has two personalities that switches when he sneezes. Wow. And I thought that was really funny for, like, this idea that maybe you're a normal guy. Maybe you're just the nicest guy in the world, and then you sneeze, and then you just want to cause a bunch of inconveniences for everyone else because you think it's funny. How do you hold on a relationship and the right something like that? Do they? Is the other one? Are they aware of each other? You know. I mean, are they? You know, it's something to think about. The idea going back into like this cartoon aspect of villains. The idea of just a minor convenience villain. Yeah. You know, they just you know you're 
the heroes walking by, they just kick out a chair and they stub their toe. Oops. You know? <laughs> it's just like small things. And it's just like this villain that stalks the hero and just right. causes inconvenience for them. Right. You know? They pop their tire when their car's in the garage. Well, I think we started to do something like that with our creation of right of Johnny Smashhammer. Johnny Smashhammer. So something Adam and I started to do when we were when he was little is I would let him kind of write the stories and then I would illustrate them. So we came up with this superhero called Johnny Smashhammer. And really, he's just a really ticked off dude. Like, mm-hmm. he's just mad all the time. He's mad at the whole world. So the opening scene of one of them would be like, he's in bed and his alarm clock just keeps going off and off and off. And he just can't take it anymore. So he grabs his hammer and he smashes it, <laughs> destroys the nightstand, and right. then he throws yeah. the clock over to the pile of broken clocks in the side of the room. Oh, yes. Right. Oh, yes. So, oh, so his yes. superhero yeah. power is basically just rage. And, yeah. and rage. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, That's awesome. And so each time he gets annoyed, he just smashes more stuff. And so as you know, Adam and I, as he got older, we started, we thought, you know, it would be fun if we started to build a world for Johnny Smashhammer. <laughs> and so we've actually come up with quite a few ideas. Yeah, we've written quite a bit yeah. about this. We never quite got to, you know. We're close. We're, we, we have the foundation down. We do. And we'd be able to once we, well, sat down if, and did it. Yeah, I think if we, had, we could get a couple episodes out. At very least, if, if, um, if, uh, if we can get an illustrator, we mm-hmm. could probably even put like some sort of you know digital book together. Yeah, on challenge any like illustrators that. listening to this. <laughs> let us know. So Johnny Smashhammer coming yeah. to you. Johnny Smashhammer. Yes. One day, one day. We'll yeah. get to it. So, but cool. yeah. So what did you guys do uh, tonight? You guys had a challenge at church that you guys were uh, uh, part yes. of? So every single year, uh, the youth group gets together and we do a photo scavenger hunt and usually this would be around town so we'll we'll drive Speak around into the mic yeah. sorry okay so we'll drive around we'll find these little things that are on this list and so there's a bunch of items that you have to take a picture with so it'll be like you know what <laughs> give me an example ryan i'm blanking of the old scavenger yeah hunt? the old stuff i don't know because i've never actually gone on one Are yeah i mean serious sometimes they would come to the house and they would ask yeah for, yeah just uh, a picture of a yeah with yeah. you with somebody a fish walking mailbox. their dog or, or like yeah of you walking somebody's dog correct yeah and you know a bunch of different things and you just go around town for like an hour hour and a half you get all these pictures, come back, and you get a point total, and then the team with the most points would win. You know, certain things would have higher point values. Well, this year, we had the wonderful idea okay. that we would bring the youth group to an Ikea mm. and have it completely in this Ikea, in these display areas. Sure. And so, we have a list of Swedish names of furniture. All in Swedish. All in Swedish. Okay. And... We hand them out. We split our leaders up and our students up. Schmorgen, and Jorgen, Bjorgen, Jorgen? Yes. Morgan, exactly. Jorgen, That's Bjorgen, exactly Bjorgen. what okay. That's actually a lamp there. Oh, is it? It is. Very mm-hmm. good. Oh, we have the list. We actually have the list. Jared, could you read some of those for I us? I could try. Keep talking. I'm going to work on some of these. Right. So, anyway, uh, we got there. We get set. And we got like an hour to, um, hour and like hour and ten minutes maybe, to 
find all these things and take pictures with the entire group in them. There's like easily 60 or 70 things on this list. Yeah, yeah it's a big list. It is a really big list. And some of those things were like pots. Right. Yeah, like specific. Like that can fit in your palm. Hard yeah. to find. Yep. Mm-hmm. The Kivik. The Kivik. Okay. Wow, the Gnarp. Gnarp. I won't, I'll just say the G. It's probably just Narp. <laughs> probably. <laughs> but, but, but I don't know how they do it in, in, yeah. in no, Swedish, yeah. right? We don't Maybe know. they do. I'll have to ask my wife. Yeah, so um, my small amount of Swedish heritage did not come into play because my mom ended up telling me that Swedish was not a language that I needed to learn, hmm. and that could have come in real handy Ooh. if I did. This is your heritage, my friend. I know. That's what I tried to say, Man. but no. Wow. That's um, a shame. Anyway. How'd so your team do? My team, well, we didn't win. That's for sure. We got second to last, so really third place out <laughs> third of four. <laughs> it's it's not much to go off of, but um, yeah, we got third out of four groups, yep. I believe. Yep. Yes. And I believe your group did really well. We got second. You got second. We got, but okay. we were, the gap between second and third place was, was, pretty, a, was pretty large. Fairly large. How many things did you guys fi- actually find? 40. We found 40. Out of 40 of almost 70. 40 out of almost 70. Yeah. Which, now that I think about it, that's a lot. We that's took a lot good. of stuff. Um, we took some cool pictures. Um, my One of my favorites was um, we took a picture with an employee. That was part of, that was like a bonus mm-hmm. one. You sure, got like five yeah. points for like doing five that. Five or ten yeah. um, So I, I found an employee, a nice, nice looking guy. You know, he looked like a... Approachable. Approachable. There approachable. He right. was, yeah. Um, his name was Kyle, so shout out Kyle at Ikea. Um, he deserves a raise. Um, so I was like, hey, we're doing a scavenger hunt for our church, and um, one of the, the challenges is to find um, to find an employee and take a picture with them. Right. And he was he was like, uh, okay, I, I guess. fired for this, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just um, coming up my paycheck. So yeah, shout out Kyle for taking a picture. We got five points for that. Yeah. Um, we did almost. We did get in trouble though. Um, yeah. Um, so at the end, part of the challenge was also to try to make a video. And so IKEA has these stuffed animals, <laughs> and so there were, uh, I don't know, say eight of us in the group, and so four of us um, were riding stuffed animals on one side, and four of us were on the other riding stuffed animals. And we ran at each other, like, charged like it was a battle. And, and uh, stuff joust. was swinging around. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and pretty much right as we were doing that, a worker came up and was like, no, you guys can't can't, can't be doing that. <laughs> um, and so Bob stepped up and talked to him <laughs> for us. Um, he was just, just, like, explained what we were doing. We have the best AV guy we do. in business. Yeah. We do, don't we? We really do. Yeah, we can't talk about him because he won't let us. Yeah, well, we can talk. About we can talk about him. him. We can't yeah. talk to him. Yeah, but we're gonna talk to him. One we're day. gonna t- one yeah, day. We'll, we'll definitely get him. One day we'll him. get there. <laughs> um, <laughs> Did you get a chance to to yeah, take a well, picture? Was, yeah, with any uh, um, employees? Yes, we did. We found an employee. It was actually really easy. It was uh, there was these two employees. They were just talking. We I go up to him uh, with Georgie. I think it was. Yeah, and we went up to him and we were like, hey. We're doing a photo scavenger hunt with our church youth group. 
Yeah. We need to take a picture with an employee. Can you do that? Yeah. And they were like, yeah, sure, totally. Huh. And in fact, one of the workers went through the list and told us the ones that they're out of stock, which was bonus points for us. Wow. So that was useful despite, or yeah, it was, it was very useful. Yeah. Um, we didn't take too many pictures overall. And there was a lot of pictures I think didn't count because they were so small and we couldn't fit everybody in the picture. Okay. Um, but yeah, we did find a worker. They were super nice. And um, great people at IKEA. Yeah, great people. A majority of the people were majority, great. not not the one at the yeah. end. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he was just doing his job. We, I guess. There was also the challenge of helping a customer, which I thought was very vague and hard to do because you have to make it look like you're helping a customer in a picture. Hmm. So we did that. It didn't, we weren't really helping. We just took a picture with a customer, a customer <laughs> right. and they were super awesome. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So overall, I think massive success. We bought a lot. I bought a lot of cookies. Sorry. Yeah, you did. Swedish cookies oh are a jam. Gosh. There's the and they have jams. Oh yeah. Bob. Yeah. And the elevator guy. <laughs> um, yeah, so we, for our group, when we went up to our first customer, we were like, hey, we're doing, Gracie, or Grace Sanders went through the whole spiel of like, we're doing the scavenger hunt for our church. Yeah. And at the end, she goes, I don't speak English. Sorry. And in English. In English. Yeah, sure. That must have been, I'm sure that's the only phrase well, that sure. she knew. Um, but, so that was kind of an awkward scene. And then we're in the elevator. The other picture the other challenge was to take a picture in the elevator. And so we all get in the elevator, we take the picture and there's another guy in the elevator with us and he's carrying some stuff. Um, and Grace again is explaining, we're doing this challenge. Like we need to help a customer. Can we literally just hold your stuff for like two seconds and yeah. take a picture? And the guy just goes, no, I don't think so. I don't think I'm going <laughs> to let you do that. He wasn't having it. Yeah, he wasn't having it. Yeah, so, I mean, if a bunch of high schoolers were in an elevator with me, I don't blame him. Do that, I don't you know, blame him. I'm not so sure. I'm yeah, not so sure. I don't blame him. We live in a different world now, yeah, guys. We do. We, yeah. you're just not going to get that same kind of reaction that you would have a few years ago. <laughs> yeah, so, definitely. Yeah, I don't blame that guy. But, but yeah, overall, a massive success. I thought time. somebody was going to get arrested, or yeah, nobody got you know, arrested. We were going to get kicked out. Yeah. Thank you for Brian for embarrassing me in front of the entire congregation. By the way. <laughs> Um, if you're listening to this, I really appreciate that. But um, yeah, yeah, IKEA was a total success. Very good, very good. What's next? Um, so we've heard we've heard the two testimonies of uh, myself and Adam, but we uh, haven't heard yours. Okay, mm-hmm. is it my turn? It is your yep. turn. Okay, I I think I can do that. All right, let's hear. Okay. It. Well, let's uh, let's see. I started. Hmm. Where do I start? Well, I started going to church a lot like you guys when I was a kid. I grew up in the church, Maple Lawn Christian Church uh, in Joliet, where uh, you know where I lived. In fact, that was my experience. It was every single week going to church with my family, and um, my grandparents started going there. They they helped build Maple Lawn, and so that was just where my family went was baptized at Maple Lawn at nine years old and um, my home church until well through high school. Uh, then like most churches, they they experience this influx of maybe new people um, and then the dynamic of the church starts to change a little bit. Like most congregations, 
when you have an older group and then you have a new influx of younger people, there can be some, there can be some tension. And at Maple Lawn, we had a lot of older people who were members and a lot of newer people who weren't members, but they wanted to see some changes happen. So big conflict between even families. Um, and that was really the start of the end, the beginning of the end for Maple Lawn, but not for you know my walk as a Christian. I knew early on, like I said, about nine years old, that I needed Jesus, that that was something that as a, as a human being, my life would not, um, it wouldn't mean anything. And it definitely, it definitely wouldn't come to its proper closure without Christ. So, and that was something that I did get from my home church. But as you guys know, the longer you're a Christian, what you start to experience is if you're not really anchored down, you start to get that drift. And we talked about that a little bit in your testimony. And I think with a lot of Christians, they experience that. And I know that I certainly did. So after high school, you kind of, you know, you get off to college, you start making your own decisions. You're not in your home church anymore. You are, you know, maybe you're at a college church or you're not going to church for a time. I remember coming back home, again, going to church with my folks again, but it, it didn't feel like home. It didn't feel like Maple Lawn. I knew how to go through the motions because I was a church kid, but I didn't, I just knew how to show it. I didn't, I wasn't really living it. Um, I was only putting forth just enough effort so that people believed that I was a good Christian kid. I wasn't really causing any trouble, but I wasn't really making an effort either. So my, my walk and my faith was quite stale in that regard. By the time I was, um, I think... I think your testimony or your life is going to be, uh, in large part, anchored by some very big moments. And and for me, I remember one of the things that really changed my perspective on things had nothing to do with, I guess, my walk at the time. But I remember it was late in my, my high school years, probably a junior or so in high school, and my mom and I were in this knockdown dragout fight. It was early in the morning, it was before school, and I was just being mean. I couldn't even tell you what I was being mean about, but we were at each other's throat about something. And I said some mean stuff, and I stormed out the door, and I slammed the door on my way out, and I just went to school. Well, my mom goes to work, and she's in a horrible, horrible, horrible car accident. She's hit head-on in her car at a dead stop by a car who is, you know, like runs a red light obliterates the car, pushes the engine into her lap. You know, she's in an arm sling because she's, she's in a neck brace because the airbag blows up in her face. And by the time I get home, because it's not cell phones then where you can just call your kid and let them know what happened. My mom is at home from the hospital already, but she's banged up, broken nose. I mean, she's, in, she's roughed up pretty good. And I remember thinking to myself, that was the last time I was ever going to see her, Right? That was the last time I was ever going to talk to Kim Brooks. And, and the way I left the house was absolutely awful. And so I think at that moment, I realized you can't do things like that, right? You can't just storm out angry and think that these same people in your life are always going to be there. 
it could have been my car accident, right? Or anybody's. The point is, is that that was a point for me that changed my thinking on, on how to handle my relationships. Um, the other one comes a little further after I'm married. In fact, this isn't the first year. Uh, Jen and I are married. We are um, nine months to the day of our wedding anniversary, Lorelai's born, my, fir- my first child, my daughter. And we're moving out of our rented house, our very first house that we rented together, and we're building a house in Joliet. And um, what transpires is, is that I have a job as a carpenter's apprenticeship, and I'm just about to sign the papers of my brand new first house. And I'm laid off from my job. And I remember thinking to myself, dude, I'm 23 years old. I've got a baby. I'm a new husband. I'm a new dad. I'm a, I'm, I'm a new homeowner. I'm hardly in my 20s. I don't do anything particularly well, right? Like, life is kind of scary in that time. And I desperately, desperately needed God to show up for me. And I remember talking to Jen and being like, listen, this is what we can do. I'll stay home with Lorelai during the day. You work. Then when you get home, I will find something to do after hours at night. Then when I get home, I will stay up with the baby. You go to work. And somehow, we'll try to make this work. And I remember floating the idea, I'm going to stop tithing. I'm going to stop tithing altogether. I'm going to save that money to pay for this house. Because if we lose it, that's just going to compound the fact that I feel like a failure. You know? And, um... So I get a job loading trucks in Romeoville, like insulation trucks. These, you know, this 52-foot trailer backs up, and I just spent all night unloading insulation and packing it into individual trucks for workers in the morning. There's absolutely nothing glamorous about it. It's just a job that gave me hope, you know, when I desperately needed it. I was able to stay up all day. I would fall asleep with Lorelai in my lap, right? Trying to just watch her to save money. And what was so fantastic was we decided, you know what? Let's not. Let's not. Let's not stop our tithing. We're going to tithe just the same way as I had the job the whole time with the, with the carpenter's apprenticeship. What we're going to do is, is we're just going to pray. We're going to pray and, and turn everything over to God. And let's just see what he does. And that's what we did. Um... Boys, not only did we not miss a payment, we weren't even late. We weren't even late with a single payment. I was making a fraction for six months what I was making with the Carpenter's Apprenticeship. And, I mean, the money every single week was there. I can't tell you how, but it was there every single month. Soon I got a job, you know, that was a little more permanent and then, you know, on, on uh, with the sheriff's department. But um, I learned something that day that I needed, as a young man, I needed to know that God was going to stand with my family, for my family. And I got that. It was, it was a huge relief. But boy, I'll tell you what, it felt like I had a real honest-to-goodness partner in this, you know? Like if I made a stand and decided that I was going to do this, that, that God was going to be there with me. The last one was a, a more recently. So even into my 20s and 30s, you know, I raise my kids, I bring them to church, I, I kind of do 
you know, the Christian dad thing. But even after that, you still feel this draw from the world. And it's about, I'm 40 years old. And um, I'm listening to Dennis, Pastor Dennis, talk about the book of uh, James. Life-changing for me. Absolutely life-changing. It was as if I was getting a poke in the chest. Straight in the chest, you know? Like, you know when you're holding a child and the child's trying to get your attention. And he's talking to you and talking to you. And finally, he's just sick of you looking past him. He grabs, like, both of your cheeks and moves your head towards the, you know, towards him. I felt like God was doing that, right? He had two hands on my cheeks. He's just, you know, just moving my face. Like, I am no longer going to accept this amount of effort from you. You're going to have to do better. You know better. You're going to have to do better. And I remember going home and I'm talking to Jen. I'm like, I think I'm supposed to go to seminary school. And I'm expecting her to laugh me right out the door. And she's like, well, I don't see why not. I've been waiting for you to, you know, to do something like this for a long time. And here my wife is telling me that she's been waiting for me to lead. That, you know, she's been starving for, for her husband to not just be, you know, a man, but to be a man of God. And, and so that was the point where I thought, okay, well, I've wasted a lot of time, but I'm not going to do it wrong anymore. You know, now is the time. Now I'm going to start doing it right. And so that's really kind of where I've, I've been at for the last three or four years. I've been trying to refocus my energy, prioritize things in a proper way, put God at the head and, and, and lead with intention the way, the way a Christian man is supposed to. Um, that's, uh, that's my story, fellas. That's, uh, that that's was awesome. It. Wow. Yeah. That was great. I mean, you got Bob fired up over there. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was really, uh, a powerful story. Um, and a powerful testimony. Um, I, um, I think it's cool. Um, the way you talked about how you learned that no matter what you go through, God is still, um, with you and still fighting for you and with you because I don't, frankly, I don't know how you can go through life without thinking that, you know, like how do people who don't believe in God and don't follow Jesus, right? How, how can you go through life and still be okay? Still go through hard things, you know? Yeah. To not have that, that reassurance is, is gotta be incredibly, I guess, just disappointing or, or, or uh, depressing. And I remember being where you guys were and, and thinking the same thoughts that you guys are thinking. And, and what comes next when you start to learn, you know, these next stages, you really get an education on what life's about. Mm-hmm. And um, man, I'll tell you, you go through some really hard times in your life and you, you don't think that you're able to manage them by yourself. And boy, you're right. (laughs) You can't, Mm -hmm. you know, you can't manage them by yourself. And the faster you learn that and you just listen, turn it over, you know, set it down and just walk with Christ because it's the only way we talked about it with Tom a little bit. I mean, his will is going to be done. Mm -hmm. What's, What's there to worry about? You know, you know what I mean? I mean, it, things aren't always going to work out for us, but, but they're always going to benefit and they're always going to glory God, be the glory of God. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think definitely as a believer, um, <clears throat> I kind of find myself, that's somewhere where I really, I feel like I understood it. It's like, there's no need to worry. You know, I've never been like a worrying person overall. And I feel like, especially, you know, looking around at just like the people in our school, there's, there's some people who are talk about what they're going through. And I'm just like, I don't know how you do it. Yeah. I can't imagine. And it, in a way, I almost feel like, you know, they, I almost feel like they're like stronger than I am, stronger willed than I am. But then at the end of the day, it's just like, without God, you're never going to get there. Yeah. You can get as far as you want, but you won't like, you won't really reach the end by yeah. yourself. Right. Hmm. Um, I know we're at 40 minutes, but um, I want to hear more, and I think our listeners would want to hear more. You talked about, you were what, 40? Yeah. And you said, um, mm-hmm. I want to go to seminary. Yeah. And I, I think, um, I mean, I personally uh, want to hear more about like that journey and kind sure. of what you learned yeah. through that. So I started doing online cl- uh, classes uh, a couple of years ago um, through Okanagan Bible College, and um it's been a fantastic experience. I mean, talk about spending your days, right? Or your, 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 I guess your new purpose in life, studying the one book that really makes a difference in the world. And then learning from some of the greatest theological minds that are teaching it right now. But, but more than that, because that's just the academic side. Besides the academic side, which is is fascinating to learn, there's just the the growth in in knowing that the more you read and 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 learn the Bible, the more you understand you don't know anything about it because it's like we talked about before, right? It's so layered. There's so mm-hmm. much, and so part of I think what's so fascinating about the, this living book is is that as you live and experience life that book seems to unfold for you at the appropriate times. It's not just going to come to a couple of 18 or 19 year old kids in its fullest. It wouldn't make sense to do that. But the fact that you're reading and studying it now, you're getting stuff that is a benefit to your life that your actual, you know, friends in school aren't getting. And, and then when you go back after you have kids, you're going to pick up different parts. And then after you have, you know, you've started your family and, and you're in, in, in the workforce or, you know, you're, you're at retirement age. So it, it keeps evolving. And, uh, and that's what's so beautiful about the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. is because it's constantly speaking to you and it's constantly explaining it. And it's, and it's this nice kind of two-way conversation with God and, and how things you know, what you need to hear and when you need to hear it. And, um, and, and so that's kind of been a nice journey to be on the last couple of years. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, yeah, I think that's, um, even not that 40s old, but it's not, it's not common that somebody, um, that age would, it's really not. I mean, I've got two kids who are going to be, all three of us could be in college at the same time. Yeah. You, You know what I mean? Yeah. So it is, it's not common. It's obviously, not impossible for for older people to go back to school, right. but to to make that decision um, after the fact, just to 
but I just there's nothing better to spend my time on, right? And right. that's what I'm that's mm-hmm. what I'm finding, mm-hmm. you know. So that's why it's uh, it's been such a you know a draw for me, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Um, so the past couple episodes, we've been going through um, different parables. Um, you know, last week with Tom, we did uh, the the vineyard. The vineyard. Mm-hmm. Um, what do we got this week? So this week, I wanted to focus on the prodigal son. It really ties in nicely with what Tom talked about last week um, in his episode with uh, the vineyard and the workers. You can tell this parable a bunch of different ways. You can tell it as the parable of the loving father in his response to his son. You can tell it from its most, I guess, told position of just the son who the actual prodigal son who leaves right. mm-hmm. and is lost and then and then returns what i'd like to focus is focus on today is that of the elder brother because i really think that it's part of the story that gets overlooked and i really think that it's one of the most dangerous parts of of the story so and what i mean by that is uh, i'll kind of explain that as we go for those of you who don't know the story i'll give you a brief rundown and then we'll talk about uh, the verses that we're going to spend the most time on. So the 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 parable of the um, of the prodigal son is a man has two sons. One of them um, basically tells his father, "I can't wait for you to die. Give me what is my portion of of your estate now, and let me leave and go do what I want with it." And so the father. Un, you know, he agrees. Of course, he's heartbroken, but he does. He divides it as he would between the two boys. He gives his youngest son his inheritance, and the boy packs his stuff and goes. He spends his inheritance unwisely, wasting it on prostitutes and, you know, immoral things, and he gambles it. And before too long, he has found himself in the company of pigs wishing that he could eat the slop that they're eating. And he thinks to himself, man, even the servants in my father's house have an abundance of food. I'm going to go back home. I'm going to apologize to my dad and say, listen, I sinned against you and God. You know, don't, I, I don't deserve to be your son, but make me like one of your servants and, and, and take me back and I will, I will live like one of your servants. And so the youngest boy he agrees, or he, he decides that he's going to do this. As he's a long way off, it says, the father recognizes him and then runs to meet the boy. When he gets to the son, he tells his servant, go find me my nicest robe, put rings on his fingers, put sandals on his feet, prepare the fatted calf, you know, let's, let's celebrate my boy was once lost and now he's found. The oldest son hears the celebration and he asks the servants what is what is the commotion what's going on and the servant says haven't you heard your brother's back and your dad has prepared the fatted calf we're celebrating you know come to the celebration and the oldest boy refuses to celebrate i think it picks up here on let's see here luke 15 verse 25 Now the older son was in the field when he heard 
Well, you know what? Let me skip forth just a bit. But he became very angry and didn't want to go in. So the father came out and said, you know, basically what's going on? And he answered to his, he answered his father's, behold, I've been with you many years and I have served you and I've never disobeyed your command. And you've never once even given me a young goat to celebrate with my friends. But when your son, your youngest returned, who has consumed all of your assets on prostitutes, you've killed the fatted calf for him. But he says to him, child, you have always been with me and everything I have belongs to you. Was it necessary to, you know, to celebrate and rejoice because your brother was dead and now is alive? Of course it was. He was lost and now he's found. So the dad's trying to explain to the, the oldest son, listen, you, you have everything that I have. Everything that we have is, is also yours. Why are you worried about one fatted calf? You can have that anytime you want. The gift is the father, the father's love. That's the gift. And so the son is, is taking a very legal uh, stance, right? He's, he's basically saying, I've done everything that you've commanded. I followed your rules. I followed your laws. He did nothing and you gave him grace. I've done all the work you owe me, you know? And so when you realize that Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and his disciples when he's telling this parable, you start to put it into perspective. The Pharisees would like to know why Jesus is spending all of his time with sinners, tax collectors, prostitutes. Why is he trying to bring these people to know God? The Pharisees are going to be the older brother, right? The younger brother are the sinners and the tax collectors and the prostitutes. And of course, Jesus is going to be the father, the loving father, right? So in the story, you start to see the, the younger boy is the one that's saved. He's the one that realizes that there's grace and comes back. It's the older brother who is got poison in his heart. He's, he's the one who's, who's looking at it as there's work to be done. I did everything you asked, but his heart is still blackened because he can't, he can't see that it's about grace and not his own work. And so what do the Pharisees do to Jesus when he, after he tells this parable? They kill him. They kill him, right? So what does the older brother, if we finished this story, what does the older brother do to the father? Kill him? Correct. That's that's not necessarily conjecture. I mean, if the story continues, the older brother, if they're the Pharisees, from their jealousy and 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 thinking that they're justified in their works, would kill the father because they can't he, they can't understand that, that Jesus is about grace and not works. Mm-hmm. And meantime, it's the younger brother who was once lost and is now found. And so this is an issue with, I think, a lot of Christian people who have been in the church for a long time. It's very easy for somebody in our church to say, man, I've been trying to have kids for 20 years. My husband and I can't have kids. Or, you know, I can't seem to find somebody to marry. 
I've been single a really long time. And then some young person comes in and, and right three months after they're married, they're already pregnant with a child. And then it's the finger start, right? You start to covet something, somebody else's blessing. Well, why does she get to have a baby? How come he's getting married? How come not me? I've been here the whole time. I've been going to church this whole time. You know that it's the one thing that I want. What, did, what have I not done that I should have done to receive this blessing? And why did you give her or him something that you knew I wanted? You know, it, and it's, you start to resent God for it. And, and I think that's, that's exactly another way to, to teach this. Not everybody in church is going to be lost, but everybody in church that knows Christ is going to deal with something like that. I think, you know, where it's like, you start to get a little ungrateful and you start to think that it's about the work that you do and not about the grace that you get. So, um, that's, uh, that's the premise what do you think? Uh, yeah, I really agree with you on the kind of the idea that a lot of people, especially, you know, kids we've talked about who grow up in church. Yeah. We have a lot of people on the podcast who have grown up in church. Right. And once, especially when you start trying to build that relationship with God, you start to get away from the premise of it's all grace. You right. don't deserve it. You start getting this idea that, you know, this is a mutual relationship, which, I, I mean, in a way, you're serving God, so sure, but not nearly in the way that many people start to believe it. Sure. You know, because at, like we talked about with the vineyard, yeah, God has absolutely no reason to give us this grace, but he did because he loved us. Right. And so, yeah, I feel like that idea of, you know, I deserve it kind of does creep into people's minds. Sure it does. Yeah, I think when you put um, a lot of time, you know, into church, into um, trying to grow your relationship, you expect um, some sort of, not necessarily advantage, but, you know, some higher um, reward for that. And when somebody who maybe hasn't been mm-hmm. um, still receives the same grace as you, um, that kind of jealousy or whatever creeps in. Um, but I think what you said is huge, Adam, that you you don't deserve it anyway. Nothing that you could do could ever justify what God has given you. Right. Um, so I think that's a huge takeaway from this, the parable. Yeah, I think so too. And I, and I appreciate you guys giving me, I know that I spoke a lot on this one and I appreciate the time to, to talk, but, um, even knowing these things, it's hard to avoid, you Mm -hmm. know, feeling that way. It's our human nature to, we're self-centered, self, you know, uh, focused creatures and it goes against everything that the world is teaching us to, you know, to focus on on th- things other than ourselves. So, so to try to put that in perspective, I mean, and then to keep that in perspective is, is, um, it, it's always got to be in the forefront of your mind. It's mm-hmm. not about you. It's not about you. It's not about you. So, yeah. Good episode, boys. Yeah. Thank you so much for the time. Yeah. 
This is good. Well, take us out. Sure, I'll take us out. This has been yet another episode of the Circle of the Drain podcast with Ryan, Adam, and Jared. Um, Please remember to subscribe if you haven't already. Give us a quick five star rating or four star rating or five, five (laughs) only, only five. Um, Yeah, and invite um, us over for breakfast. Yeah, remember, invite us over for breakfast, and we will judge you. Um, thanks for listening. We will see you next time. Bye. See ya.